Thank you. I would love to introduce to you Benita K. Summers. I've known Benita a very long time, and she's a dear soul and friend, and she's amazing. I'm sure you probably met her because <laughs> she seems to know everybody, but in the off chance you haven't met her, I am so glad you tuned in today to listen to her because she's fantastic. So today she's going to be talking about overcoming fear with purpose. If you feel like life is presenting one hurdle after another these days, you're not alone. Absolutely not. You're not alone, for sure. It's easy to be overcome by fear as we face challenges in our daily lives beyond anything we've known before. The way out is through the beacon of purpose, which provides all the energy we need to forego a path not only undetermined, no, undeterred, but supported by the events around us. In this seminar, we will look at our original intention that placed us on the planet at this time, which includes a cosmic willingness to participate in the pandemic and the unfolding climate crisis. We will explore our core purpose, the intent that brought us here, and how we can use our grounding and purpose to move forward when we must and retreat into stillness, when the path calls for it, rather than be swayed by what we perceive to be chaos, we will learn to lean into the mindset that operates in concert with the universal order that under, underpins all that we experience. Wow, beautifully written. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Okay, I'm really looking forward to this presentation, Benita. I will pass the reins over to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Thank you for being here and once again participating in this event. That's one of my favorites. Thank you, Shauna, for putting it together. So if you were just tuning in to see Pamela, and I certainly hope you do, she's done a, an amazing job of supporting writers in the community, people who want to develop themselves spiritually and express themselves through spiritual media. Um, it, it's just a wonderful way to go, to go about it. Um, and I've been a writer all my life, a poet, and I've written children's stories. Of, I was an editor of a national business magazine at one time. And I, as I was looking over my notes for today's session, this sentence came to mind. And I, I just want to read it as it came out. The hero's journey is made manifest by the obstacles presented to you. I'm going to read that one more time. The hero's journey is made manifest by the obstacles presented to you. When you're writing a story, you will write about the hero and whatever gets in the way of the hero achieving whatever he's trying to achieve. So for example, we have stories like uh, this you know, knight who wants to woo the maiden and he meets with the, the witch in the forest. And he says, you know, I need this potion to woo the maiden. And she says, well, first you have to accomplish three impossible tasks. And there's all these dead knights lying around who didn't fit the bill. So when he accomplishes those tasks, he gets the potion, he woos the maiden, and there's the happily ever after. And I look on it this way when we look at the world around us. We have all these obstacles, and in ways we've never seen in modern, modern society, not for a very long time, and this is the first time in human history that we've been all presented everywhere on the planet with the same threat 
and we've been in global communication with each other. Because when this happened 100 years ago, you couldn't talk to other countries. We didn't know really what was going on elsewhere. But we have become very comfortable with having a lot of technology at our fingertips, having a lot of things that protect us from the environment outside our homes, we've become very insulated. And a lot of ways we don't have the emotional muscle for what we're dealing with right now. If we look back at our forefathers, imagine if you were back in the days when our country was first being settled and maybe you got a plot of land on the prairies and you had to build a soddy, a house out of sod, and you had to scrounge around and find ways to feed your family, to grow crops. And if the crop didn't do well, what were you going to do then? People lived with a lot of deprivation. They weren't comfortable. Life was very hard. And people had a lot of children because a lot of times not all of those children would make it to adulthood. We had a lot of diseases for which now we've had vaccinations that have taken care of those like smallpox, Polio, for the most part, has been eradicated in the world. A lot of illnesses we used to get because we were malnourished are no longer a problem. We're living longer. We're living much more comfortably. So when something is visited upon us that is devastating, such as a pandemic, climate change, these major changes that are happening in the world, a lot of us get quite fearful. And we might get fearful about other things going on in our lives. So fear can become your default. You wake up in the morning and you might already be tense thinking about what you need to get done that day, what you didn't get done yesterday, what you've got coming up in the future, what might happen today based on what's going on around us. And we can be in a state of constant hypervigilance because we're waiting for the next shoe to drop. And that hypervigilance can come out as rage when things don't go our way. And we're seeing a lot more of that in our society now. And really that rage is just fear that's been building and building and building around things over which we have no control. There are certain things that we can do, but we can't prevent major climate change from happening. At this point, we can adapt, but the earth in its wisdom is balancing itself out. And that's going to sometimes mean changes that are going to be devastating for us. A lot of us who lived through the summer in the Okanagan, especially people like me who are asthmatic, had a very hard time breathing. And we saw all these things affected by it. You know, how when you have enough fire, it creates its own weather. And then you have all kinds of storms and problems that come from that. So there's a lot of change going on around us and fear can become our more common way of feeling. And people will often say, well, I've tried meditation. I've tried to overcome my fear, but it just gets the better of me. My thoughts race. So what I'm proposing today is that we look at this in a much broader sense. So for the hero, there is a journey. There is a purpose. We all have a purpose. I do believe our souls chose to be here at this time, chose to have the experiences that we're having. And the obstacles in front of us 
will point out that purpose. So it's only our limited ego consciousness, by the way, that's actually afraid. Our higher consciousness is unflappable. It knows the big plan. It knows why we're here. It knows what we came here to do. So if you're not quite sure what your ultimate purpose is, start to look around at what's going on in your world. What is happening in your particular environment? And what is it calling upon you to dredge up from inside of you and bring forward? It used to be that everybody's journey was the hero's journey. You had to create an environment in which your family could survive. Again, I hearken back to things like the Saudi, where a fire could destroy your home very quickly. A flood could take things away, could destroy your crops. You were dependent on everybody else in your community to support you if bad luck befell you. And today we've become very isolated because we're all living in our own little worlds. We forget that the food on our table came from a farmer, that the clothes on our back came from people picking cotton in a field. Um, we've forgotten that we are still a global community that needs each other to survive. So because of that, when things go wrong in our world, instead of going, okay, this went wrong, what am I going to do about it? And how am I going to work with my community to resolve this? We get mad. We get mad if we have to wait too long in a lineup. We get mad if we're put on hold. We get mad if we don't get the things that we want because we think the world is happening to us and it's not. Everything around us is a quantum universe. It's a manifestation of our consciousness. The world around us is reflecting back whatever is inside of us, especially the stuff we don't want to look at. So if we're pushing down our fear, we're much more likely to see fearful things around us. If we're pushing down our anger, we're going to see anger around us. The universe is going to manifest externally whatever we're not willing to look at inside of ourselves. So when you're moving around in the world and you see things happen, ask yourself, why is this happening? Not with a why me attitude, but what is this event here to teach me? I think, for example, of the complacency we feel when we're, we're very fortunate. Those of us in Canada have grown up in a society that has everything on tap. If you've traveled to places like Asia, where you see that people can't turn on the tap and get clean water, the only way they can get decent water is they have to purchase it. I know when I was in Tibet and Nepal, I met people who had all kinds of stomach ailments because they couldn't always afford the water that didn't have parasites in it. I've seen rivers with garbage floating down them, environments where people are living very simply with very little because nothing more is available to them. In a lot of ways, we're, we've been very insulated from that reality. So if something goes wrong, we want somebody else to fix it. But if you look at this on a soul perspective, if something is going wrong in your environment, 
It's made to order. It's exactly what you need for you to walk your spiritual path. So when you stop trying to control the external world so you don't have to have these feelings, and instead you go, okay, why am I feeling this? What is this attached to? What is it trying to teach me about myself? Then you start to make progress. Then you start living on purpose. What is your purpose? What is the big picture? Whatever you came here to contribute. How do you know what that is? Everything that's happening to you is your training for your contribution. When I was the editor of this business magazine called Your Workplace, a lot of times we had articles about employee retention. How do I keep my employees? Because it's very expensive if you have to keep training new people and there's a lot of you know, turnover in your employees and you're losing all that intellectual property as people go elsewhere. And one of the big factors was if somebody is sitting there in their cubicle doing their job and they don't have the big picture, they don't feel they're making a contribution. Whatever they're doing, if they don't know the company's mission, and if they don't have an astute manager who's tying that in for them, helping them understand the difference they're making by what they're doing, they can become apathetic. They can feel that what they're doing is meaningless, and they may just give up and look for something that's more meaningful to them. So whatever is happening to you, let your why me be, what is this trying to teach me? How is this my training? Where am I being directed toward my purpose? Sometimes we're trying to accomplish something and it just seems like every door is closing. We can push against that. And that's again, trying to control the external reality. Or we can sit, sit still and check in with ourselves and ask two questions. Is this not opening because something in me has to shift before that can open? Or is it closed to me because it's telling me I'm going in the wrong direction? I remember at one point thinking I wanted a career in palliative care. And everything, all the doors just slammed shut. The course I wanted to take suddenly filled up. Everything that looked like it was open closed. It's like, okay, I'm not supposed to do that. It's not my path. However, as a psychic life and business coach, I do work with people who have um, conditions that are terminal. I help them. I help their families. Sometimes I end up in hospice with them, but it's a part of what I do. I wasn't supposed to dedicate my whole life to that. So as you go about your day, notice where there are openings. Notice where you're invited to step in because the situation not only is open for you, but you have the energy to step into that opening. If there's no energy for it, it's either not time or it's not for you. And how often do we should ourselves? I should be okay with this. I should be going for that. I'll, a lot of times with entrepreneurs, we'll compare ourselves to other people and we'll go, well, if they're doing that, well, maybe I should be doing that too. And that's another kind of fear, a fear of not measuring up, a fear of not getting it right. That also holds us back from our purpose 
because we start to do that comparison and we decide if I'm not doing it their way, I'm doing it wrong. I'm taking a course right now where this wonderful coach has 15,000 people signed up. I know that's not how I'm supposed to do my course. The course I'm developing, I'm going to have a small group of people because we're gonna be going so deep. I wanna make sure everybody feels held and supported in a very personal way throughout the program. And that's coming up in, that's gonna be launched in the next several months. But if you find that the work you're doing brings you joy, you feel on purpose as you do it, don't worry about what somebody else is doing. Don't let that fear distract you. And understand that fear disconnects us from the universe. We are part of a unified field of energy and we're all myriad aspects of that field. That means everything is on tap for us. Everything is available to us. So why don't we have everything? It's not our path. It's not our purpose. So when you have fear, then you disconnect from what the universe was going to give you, what it was going to offer you on the path. So when fear is running the show, and if you hold that fear enough, it will manifest things externally. The universe looks at that fear and goes, well, okay, if you're going to be afraid, we're going to create your boogeyman externally so you have something to interact with so you can work through that fear. So the more we let go of fear, the more smoothly the journey, because the universe can put everything in front of us without us having to have an obstacle to overcome, right? The hero has to overcome obstacles to get to their purpose. And let's face it, most of us are not that evolved that we don't need obstacles. We have to have them. You know, even Christ on the cross had an obstacle. At one point, he asked that this cup be taken away from him. He said, God, why have you forsaken me? He went through his fear of abandonment. He went through his fear of what he was going to have to go through. So even the most evolved have fear to overcome. Buddha had to sit for a long time. He had to face his demons. He had to face everything and learn to observe it and not attach to it before he could transcend. His, his earthly experience. And that's the key, becoming the observer. Remember that you are not afraid. Your limited ego consciousness is afraid. It thinks it's separate from the all. It thinks it's alone. It thinks it's without help. And so it becomes fearful. And sometimes that fear will even cause us to do something that Dr. Robert Holden called dysfunctional independence. I don't need anybody. I'll do it myself, damn it, which is sometimes a case of even anchoring in more anger that you feel like you have to do it yourself. Remember, we're no longer the farmers living with all the other farmers where when your barn burnt down, everybody came together and helped you build your barn, where if you wanted wool from somebody's sheep, you gave them eggs. We're no longer in that barter system where it's super clear that you can't tick off your neighbors or you're not going to get the wool and nobody's going to help you rebuild your barn. <laughs> so we have to start looking at when is my fear disconnecting me from the smoother path I could be walking on if I faced my fear. 
And that's not about trying to get the external stimuli to stop triggering the fear. It's about looking at the fear differently. So think of it this way. Your higher self is like a parent supporting the child that is your fear. And quite honestly, our patterns of fear started in childhood. So usually when we're facing our fears, we're facing core patterns that have been operating since early childhood. So say, for example, as a child, maybe you had parents who were preoccupied or even negligent or abusive, and you learned, I can't reach to them and get the love and security I need. Until you face that fear, you will look for that validation in every partner, every teacher, every boss, your friends, even your kids. You will look to other people outside yourself for validation. And in the work I do, I actually teach you how to tap in to those core patterns and work with them directly to help them to come to consciousness. So they learn I'm in an adult body. I have other choices now. I don't have to keep running that cycle. In other words, everything around you is pointing you back to the work to do on yourself. And when you shift internally, everything outside of you will shift. Everything will change. The work is always from the inside out. So contemplate when you're wondering, you know, what is my purpose? What's the external world showing me I need to work through so my purpose becomes more and more clear? What am I learning from what's going on in my world that will now allow me to make a contribution to other people? Purposes are often not lofty. It's often about having more compassion, love for yourself, love for others. Because by the way, if you don't love yourself, you can't love others. You're so inwardly turned on what's wrong with me. You don't have the energy to go, how can I be there for you? So a lot of times it's growing in love, compassion, awareness, realizing we are all connected. That's personally what I think COVID is about. When you know that your very breath can affect another human being in a devastating way. There's no doubt about oneness, that we are all connected with each other. We're all part of one organism that is the earth and everything on it. And pandemics come about because of what we've done to the planet. So we can get upset, we can feel punished in some way, or we can say cause and effect, karma. This is what we've created. The planet is going to balance itself out with extreme weather events. COVID is going to affect us as well. And all of it is there to teach us that we can't separate ourselves from our earth, from our neighbors, from anybody. We are truly all operating as one. And it's never been more clear than it is now. So that all being said, we can get really heavy about that. Or we can be lighter and realize we are eternal beings having one of many human experiences. And this is just a blip on that entire journey. So what are we here for? What are we here to contribute? And grounding ourselves is sitting down and letting yourself feel everything without running away from it. Breathe into it. When you connect with that fear, Ask it what it needs from you, its higher self, to support it. 
ask it what it needs you to be aware of. It might be trying to point something out to you you've been ignoring. Work with the feelings that come up because they're part of your wisdom. They're parts of you trying to come to consciousness. And, you know, I, I'm always reminded of something that my mentor of 30 years has said to me. He'll say, Benita, don't worry, because eventually you're going to die. <laughs> and that's, that's actually a very refreshing thought. It's like, yeah, this is one lifetime. We're all going to die. It's not important when that happens. It's important what we do with the time that we're here. What did you come here to do? Did you come here just to keep this body going as long as possible until it quits? No. And I know you know that's not true or you wouldn't be watching right now. You're one of those people who knows you have a greater contribution to make. You want to evolve. You want to wake up. You want to make a difference. Part of the evolution is to face everything inside of you that keeps you from being crystal clear about the next step on your path. The ultimate purpose, that'll unfold as you gain clarity. But be the hero. Meet your obstacles along the way. Meet them with love. Meet them with compassion. And remember in the hero's journey, what the obstacles do for the hero is they trigger everything within that needs to be brought to the surface for the journey to be accomplished. All the courage, all the determination to walk that path. Know that that is within you or you would never have chosen to be born at this time. And know that if you can't find that right now, all the obstacles that show up are there to bring it to the surface for you. Because once you faced your fear, your rage, your pain, your shame, your grief, and you supported it to come to consciousness, and I'm here if you need help with that, those things, those aspects of your consciousness that were trapped in that state, that energy gets liberated along with any wisdom those parts were holding so that you have more energy, you have more awareness, you make better decisions, and your path becomes clearer. So I hope that makes it clear for you. And never deny or suppress your fear. Sometimes we play whack-a-mole with these feelings. It comes up and I'm going to be okay with this. I'm going to push it down. I'm not going to deal with negative feelings. I want to put it to you this way. Energy isn't negative or positive. It's neutral. So when something happens in our external world and we go, that's got negative energy. No, it doesn't. You have a pattern that is responding to that energy, a pattern that was there before you encountered that person or situation. And you're reacting based on the stuff that's inside of you that it's triggering. When we're truly centered, we become observers. We can see what's going on without attaching to it. And any action we need to take comes from our center, not from a reaction because we're trying to control the situation so we don't have to feel anything. Again, I want to reiterate that when we're operating from fear, we're reacting. Stimulus response, stimulus response, it's fast. When we're coming from a place of observation, we might still feel the fear, but we're observing it rather than letting it run the show. We're looking at the situation. We're aware of what it's bringing up for us. We're sitting with that. We're not pushing it down inside. We're not projecting it. We're sitting with it until we have a sense as to how we need to respond. 
or how we need to continue to sit still. We'll know the correct response. We'll know the purposeful action or non-action if we sit still long enough and observe. You want to get to purpose? Learn to create some space between stimulus and response, right? Something's happening out here. An immediate response is often coming from fear. Something happens out here, sit with what's coming up, fear, anger. You may need to sit for days before you get clarity about your response. We live in a get it done today world. That's often not conducive to becoming more conscious. So please take those stimuluses that are stimuli that are occurring in your external reality and see it as your teacher. What is this bringing up for me that I get to work through? And as I work through it, how much more clarity does that give me about my purpose? And then you will start to see as your purpose becomes more conscious, it will be stronger than your fear. To give you a small example, when I was taking my motorcycle training, I kept failing my test. I was more and more afraid. And then one day I did my test again, my slow skills test, and the bike conked out. And at this point I said, well, I probably failed the test, but it's my path to finish the test. And I started up the bike again, completed the rest of the test flawlessly, probably because I'd let go of my fear of failure. I'd accepted I'd already failed and they passed me because I didn't get flustered when the bike stalled. I just started it up and finished the test. So you see what I mean? When we work through our fear and we know that there's a purpose okay, maybe I failed, but it's my path to continue. That's when things start to open up. I'm just going to check here. If anybody has any questions or comments before my time is done, please put them in the chat. And um, Shauna, if you want to jump in and ask anything, that would be delightful. Um, just want to make sure I've got everybody covered while I'm here. No questions yet. Okay. <laughs> and of course, you'll be able to watch this recording later. And if you do have questions, absolutely feel free to text me, phone me, send me a Facebook message, um, contact me through my site at spiritclona.com, whatever you need to do. I realize I've given a lot of information. And when I work with you one-on-one, -on -one, I let you record the sessions. If it's on Zoom, I send you a recording so that you're not going, oh my God, what do I do with all this information? I'm bleeding from the eyes. <laughs> so you'll always have an opportunity to get more and to get more tools on how to directly access what's going on inside of you so that you are able to work with it. We've been taught in a lot of ways to see our fear, um, all those emotions as somehow our enemy, as somehow wrong. And it's not, it's just parts of ourselves that kind of got stuck along the way in our development. And they need a hand up. They need our support. And remember, courage isn't being fearless. It's being scared to death and doing it anyway. So when you acknowledge that it's just a small part of you that's afraid, you can support it. I've been in situations where I felt my fear come up. It's fluttering away at my heart chakra because I'm about to do something that scares it. And I've said to it, observe. Stay present and watch what happens. And then I do that thing that used to scare it and it discovers that the end result isn't what used to happen because I'm now an adult and it's a different world. And that part that's afraid 
is now a little more conscious. Oh, the thing I was afraid would happen didn't happen. That means my world is changing. And that part becomes more conscious. And remember, these parts are like children. Children need repetition. You may have to have parts come up again and again before they start to become conscious enough to not only see what they're seeing, that the world is different, but to trust what they're seeing. And I do believe ultimately our purpose is to grow in love, to trust the universe, to recognize everything around us is a reflection of our consciousness, including the people that we meet. The person you're having the hardest time with in your life is one of your best teachers. On a soul level, they chose to be this person in your life so you could grow. Imagine the compassion of a soul that chooses to do, to adopt a role that may cause you to hate them so you can learn certain things in this lifetime. Now, that's a really broad way of looking at things, but it changes everything when you start to feel compassion and appreciation, compassion that they must be going through a lot, that they're this unhappy, that they're acting this way, and appreciation that they're bringing up so much for you that you get to look at, because we can't do all this work alone. We have to have people to relate to, to trigger our stuff so we can work on it. We have to have an environment that challenges us. So I think we all chose to be here because we said, I, I want the accelerated program. I don't want to just grow incrementally. I want to go on that super intense course that's going to get me moving faster in everything I want to grow on. I want to go into a life where I get to wake up more within that life than lives where the waking up happens after I've left the body. I believe a lot of us are choosing to wake up as much as we can while in physical form, and we chose the perfect environment in which that could happen. Even the challenge of COVID, gee, I could get something that could make me very ill or potentially kill me, causes us to look at everything with more immediacy. Maybe I don't have 40 more years on the planet. So what am I doing with today? How present am I being for this experience? And I realize I've gone a little over, so I'm going to leave it there. And I want to thank you, Shauna, for having me today. And thank you for everybody who's come to watch the video. Hey, Benita. <laughs> so can I log off there? Did you have anything you wanted to say before I go? What do you want? We got till 1240. Uh, so we have a few more minutes. <laughs> I thought I had half an hour. Oh, yeah. And then 10 minutes more for questions, right? Or just so, to kind of connect and stuff or whatever. So. Yeah. Okay. I, really, I really liked your example about uh, you kept failing your uh, motorcycle uh, exam uh, and, until you just said, yeah, uh, I'm done. I didn't, and then you passed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that resonates with lots of us that certain things happen like that, that way. Hey? Well, fear is a constrictive energy. It causes us to pull away from things. So when we're constricted, we don't flow and we don't do things as well as we normally would. Right. If I'm fearful, I don't ride as well as if I'm relaxed. Right. Yeah. And restriction like that, that constriction also pulls us away from abundance. 
So if we want to flow with everything the universe wants to give us, it's not about, okay, I won't be fearful. It's work with the fear. What's the fear about? What's it attached to? And when I do the deeper work I do with clients, we can often trace it back to early childhood. Like, oh, that fear has been operating since I was two or three years old. And everything around me now is just the latest manifestation of the pattern. So for example, the universe will keep putting the same type of people and situations in front of you to go, do you recognize it now? How about now? Are you going to deal with it this time? Yeah. <laughs> and it'll sometimes have to make it a bigger thing to get you to see it. Have you ever heard of the concept of first you get a message, then you get a warning, then you get an event? I don't know if I have before, but it totally makes sense. I know that I keep, if I don't deal with something, it keeps hitting me in the face until it's like, okay, I got to deal with this. So a message, for example, might be you're rushing around. You need to do some internal work. You're not doing it. So you stub your toe, but you ignore that. And then you sprain your ankle and then you ignore that and you break your leg. So now you're laid up and you have to sit with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I actually knew somebody back in Ontario who ran a yoga studio and she was feeling really lost. She was having a hard time and she, this is something she's told publicly, so I can share. So she goes away on a retreat and she's sitting on the edge of a cliff and she's just asking the universe to help her because she just doesn't know what to do. And the cliff disappears from underneath her. She ends up in the hospital for six months. And the next time I saw her, she was doing something else now and she just, she just glowed. And she said it was the best thing that could have ever happened to her. Because she was one of those, go to it, do everything myself, never take a rest, sacrificing, martyring kind of personality, and being forced for, into bed rest for six months made her have to let people be there for her. It's, mm-hmm. It completely changed how she operated in the world. You know, I would say try and listen to the message before you have to get to the event. <laughs> I, I, I do stumble on something personally that I'm not can't quite figure out because, you know, I love what I do. I'm very thankful for my life and my, my work and my friends and my family and look where we live. Like, oh, my goodness, it's crazy. But it, it's funny how sometimes I'll just get irritated for no particular reason. I'll just be irritated. I was like, why am I irritated? And I'll try to reflect. And sometimes I don't I don't know why. So that's my current kind of figuring it out. So I, I, I don't know. I haven't had an event yet to vote. Well, here's what I suggest with that. Um, women especially have been taught that anger is a bad thing. We're supposed to smile and be happy. So when you've been taught to suppress anger, um, when you feel it, often we feel bad about feeling it and we just, oh, I'll just try and get over this. So irritation means there's a message for you. Anger is trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. I say, as the energy of action so think of it as it's trying to get you to address something stand up for yourself speak up set a limit set a boundary in some way or do something for yourself that you're not doing so as soon as you get irritated ask internally okay what am i not seeing what do i need to be aware of you know what do i need to do or know that i'm feeling this right now okay it's great that you just get to irritation and you're aware of it. For some people, they have a blow up and then they're aware of it. <laughs> well, I hate getting mad. And I do do get mad sometimes, but I always felt awful. After. I hate yelling 
and it, it just feels icky and not so much that it's been like you got to be a happy person because I think anger there is a there is a there is place for it because there's what do we get used to get taught at work it's Norman Storman performance so Storman's fine like Storman is not a bad thing for people to see you upset to kind of like you said before it kind of will trigger something so I don't I'm not an angry person but of course everybody gets angry from time to time so I think I'm okay with that I just don't like being I'm going to stop you right there I'm okay so, stop me <laughs> say this I'm not an angry person I'm going to call bs on that I think I'm an angry person I think you're an angry person I think you're a happy person I think you're a sad person. <laughs> like let's stop using a label like that okay. because there's something wrong with anger. I tuned in on somebody once who asked me to, and I said, wow, you have a lot of rage. She said, no, I don't. I'm a nice person. I said, angry. But it, as soon as people say that, they're saying it as a way of trying to say, I'm not angry, as though anger is something to disown. You're disowning part of your shadow, and your shadow holds some of your power. So stop seeing anger as a negative. It's just something in you trying to get your attention, because there's something you need to deal with. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine to be angry. I just don't, I wouldn't want to be called an angry person. Like that's, that's the only thing, but I hear what you're saying. I'm an angry person. I'm a happy person. I'm a sad person. I'm everything. Yeah. What I mean by that is stop identifying with an emotion as part of your personality. Mm-hmm. When we really go into observer, we, we look at emotions as this is an experience that's occurring, but we stop identifying with it. It's like, oh, there is fear. Oh, there is anger. What is that aspect of my consciousness trying to teach me? We stop identifying with it as I am this, just I have this, this is going on. Because as soon as you say, I am this, now you're struggling with that identity and you've add pain to your pain because now I don't want that identity. Oh my God, don't identify with it. Just, oh, I have anger. I have fear. I have grief. What is this in me that's trying to come to consciousness? Um, you remember Rumi's poem, The Guest House? Okay, it goes something like this. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, mm-hmm. a madness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. I love that. I love that. Well, let's, why don't we, why don't we end it at this, at, at that point and stuff. So I have uh, included Benita's contact information on this Facebook live. And uh, um, of course we'll be sharing videos and all that kind of stuff. So if you missed part of it and want to see it again or, or what have you, it'll be out there everywhere. So thanks Benita. It's always great to hear and always learning something new. I love that last, I don't know if it was a poem that you said at the end, the poem, love it. Ruby, are you, am I? <laughs> love it, love it. I might have to save that somewhere because that's fantastic. It's a good, <laughs> good reminder. So I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I shall, it started off wonderfully with you. So okay. thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you. Bye for now. Bye. So as Bonita signs off, our, our next, uh,